Hi, and welcome to episode 269 of No Crying in Baseball, the, well, that was disappointing episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. Well, first, first I want to say, because this occurred to me earlier today, um, at this point last week when we were recording, mm-hmm. did you have... A- any idea that everything that happened this week would have happened? Like, I just, I, it feels like it was a busy baseball week. It was a crazy, nutty baseball week. And my, my biggest disappointment was I absolutely called out loud the Trey Turner to the Phillies thing. Yep. And then it wasn't recorded in the show, I don't think. So I must have just said it to you personally, so there's no proof. So I haven't gone over, sometimes I'm smart enough with editing, not all the time, but sometimes I'm smart enough to save stuff with, with the idea that maybe I'll put it on Patreon or something. Sorry, guys, things have been pretty busy. But, but maybe if I find that I, now I know it's in 268 I'll go to that little bit of, yeah. of fluff before we actually start the show and see if yeah. it exists there I was pretty confident the judge would get wrapped up um really yeah at that, that one I knew was going to happen okay. but um yeah I was hoping that that short stops would start and they did um, but we're getting ahead of ourselves right. but it, it, right. it did seem quite fast and furious it was, right away it was a crazy week and it wasn't just them it was like the other signings too yeah like, oh yeah a whole shit ton of stuff happening so I was not um, prepared to be paying such close attention this week that might that might show in my uh, in my preparation but we'll get to that in a minute I do want to give a little cheers we have our well we have our, our thematic koozies for the the guys we're going to talk about this week from the A's and Washington Nationals and about halfway through we are going to have tech support delivering us a cat-themed beer. The reason why we're not drinking it right now is because it was not cold, because tech support was kind enough to run out to the local store and and find a beer with a cat on it. So the, the, the And back- it wasn't kept on ice. Yeah. The, at the store. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, this is our local co-op. And Does Siri not have promises that half an hour it'll be good to go. Yes. <laughs> Siri also said it would explode after how long? 90 I, minutes, I think. I, I don't know. I don't yeah. worry about pretty little head about things exploding right. in your freezer. <laughs> Only mine. So hopefully, hopefully tech support will get the cat, tell us, the cat beer out of the tell freezer. Tell us why we need cat beer today. Yes. I'm so oh, sorry. So, so this has just been a shitty time recently. So our um, very frequent guest and my expert assistant editor, our cat Emerald, died this morning. And so I'm a little out of sorts. You very kindly offered to, to postpone our recording or do it some other time. But I, I, my reaction to sad things is to sit down with good friends and have a drink. So I thought, you know, that's what we do when we record anyway. And so, yeah. And my other reaction is to think about it uh, the drink that that person used to drink. So, like, when my mother-in-law died, we had some wine. When my mom died, it was vodka, vodka martini on the rocks with a twist. My grandmother was a Drambouille fan, so I've, I've learned to love the rusty snail, snail. Rusty nail. No snails. Rusty snails are really an acquired taste. <laughs> really bad. No, I do not. No escargot <laughs> here. Um, but the cat. I say no to the escargot. Right. <laughs> As Gar went, um, the the cat did not drink with us. Um, so I thought, you know, Mr. Potty Mouth, could you go out to, aka tech support, go out and find a cat themed drink? So one will be coming halfway through. I don't remember what it's called. So when when it comes down, we will clearly announce what it is and what it looks like. But for but sure, but cheers to then. Emerald. Oh, man. R.I.P. Yeah, he's a really, really sweet cat. A very sweet cat who always announced his presence mm-hmm. while we were recording. Yeah, go back into back, back episodes. <laughs> You'll you hear won't hear Emerald. Oh, it sucks. On today's show, shortstops are happening and just about everybody we know is pissed. Um, boyfriends are on the move and Patty needs a new jersey. 
the return of the boyfriend for our show. We start our profiles this week with the Oakland A's and the Washington Nationals. We've got some international baseball, and we've got a little bit about the draft lottery. Cheers. Cheers. Some people are pissed. That might... <laughs> are you talking about me? I'm talking about you and a lot of people yeah. in the Washington, D.C. area yeah. as well. So um, there are a couple of major metropolitan areas that are ticked right now. Yeah, absolutely. So I woke up to actually the announcement text from your child, I believe, that that sent sympathies for Xander Bogarts. Yeah, yeah. Your, your kid definitely wrote... Our intern. Z- our intern, yes. Jeez. <laughs> Got, it was, was those involved in the show who would be up after midnight um, sent me a text that said... Xander to the dads, my my condolences, and it's sad. And and then Mr. Pottymouth sent me the article from oh the Over the Monster blog mm-hmm. that that said something like the title was something like you shouldn't have woken up, and then the entire article was darkness. There is only darkness, and that was it. <laughs> so you know, Red Sox Nation is is sad, understandably sad. This is he was the the longest tenured Red Sox. And yeah, and how do you spell Red Sox without an X? It's just a oh, it's a sad. Th- well, now they're putting in fucking Sandy. So now it's San Di- San Diego with the X. That's where the X went. So I guess we're the Red Sox at this point because we just got to keep the balance S- of the universe. We got the S back. Trading and, consonants yeah. the way we do. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so there he goes. He's gonna. I mean, you know, being from Aruba. I'm guessing, you know, there there is the the 280 million dollars in the 11 years, but there's also the sunshine of San Diego, which I'm sure was an enticement. Um, I and it's been very clear that Xander Bogarts, despite the fact that he's the longest ten- tenured Red Sox, he was doing great for a while and really known as like the probable captain. You know, they were talking about passing on that title that hasn't. I don't think it's been around since Veritech. Um, but when Vasquez, when Christian Vasquez got traded, Xander Bogarts was pissed. And he had, I think, requested it to not happen or, or like been very clear that he didn't want that to happen. And it, the trade made no fucking sense. There was a lot of bad blood there. And ever since then, I don't think his heart was in it. I mean, the, the Red Sox tanked after that. And I think that, you know, had something to do with it. And um, there was a very sweet Instagram post from Vasquez to Xander uh, congratulating on him, uh, him on it, and um, it makes me think that Vasquez is. Gonna, it, there's no talk about the Red Sox going after Vasquez. He's free mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. so that's sad. So I feel he's like free I've with almost, a ring. Yeah, yeah, he's and got he's, a World he's, he's got you now. Yeah, he's got two. Yeah, yeah, he could have come back, but I don't see that happening. I was, you know, before Xander got got bought by by the Padres. Um, Can we go with signed rather yeah, than bought? Yeah, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> sorry. Uh, the, the Red Sox had just announced that they got Canley Jansen for, for finally a fucking relief pitcher. And I thought maybe Things that means. Things are looking up. Yeah, maybe. Well, I also thought maybe that will entice Xander to stay because like a little, you know, Curacao Rubian friendship there maybe that would be enough i like how you're equating like sunshine and <laughs> right. curacao and a rubian friendship mm-hmm. versus 280 million dollars okay it's a bunch of money it's a bunch, it's of, a bunch money. of money it's a bunch of money i believe for a long a, shit it's a ton? shit ton of money for a long time with no trade clause he has a no trade clause oh and he is 30 years old padre for life he is a padre for life and I am wondering, Zandia, and I, I don't understand money. Like I understand that they paid all this money, and I don't understand how much money San Diego has and how screwed they might be because this might not work out for them. His numbers, and of course I didn't write this down, but y'all know how to Google. His numbers in Fenway 
are so much better than outside of Fenway. He is a Fenway friendly hitter. He's not a spectacular shortstop, but you know maybe that doesn't matter for the Padres because there was Don't this they have like four thousand shortstops. <laughs> so many fucking shortstops. There was this article, I think it was Ford's, that said that that the Padres are putting in their place shortstops all over the field strategy because we don't. You know, Manny Machado would have liked to have been a shortstop. Sure. He originally was. Now he's on third. Uh, Kim, who who filled in for Tatis, you know, there, there's two shortstops right there, and Kim was clearly better defensively than Tatis. Tatis, you know, still I, on he, the books. Yeah, still on the books. Although he's been sort of, it seems like he's being shunned at this point. There was a. a, a photo op of course there's always the photo ops when you get the new guy right so there's the photo ops with with Xander that are you know photoshopped because nobody's been together yet but it's the three of them on the field it's Bogarts and Machado and 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 um and Soto Soto the other the other guy that I sadly lost to the Padres the three of them and they posted that on the Padres social media and and Ronald Acuna actually commented where is Tatis like, I think a lot of people want to know where's Tatis, yeah. actually. Because he was the Padres poster boy for a long time Absolutely. until he got caught with the whole PED mess. So I don't know. how can And how can they afford? Like, they had that mega contract for Machado, the mega contract for Tatis, and now this mega contract for, for Xander. And I don't – I mean, clearly the Padres are going for it this year, right? They, they feel like they were close last year. They're absolutely going for it. They, I, I guess they were just beat out for Judge, and there was another one, shit, that I'm forgetting about. So they were trying to throw all their money somewhere to make sure that they can go to the World Series next year. The other sad thing for me, like losing to the Padres, is my my saddest loss from the Red Sox to the Padres was Don Orsillo, who is the announcer for Nesson, who's yeah. just a gem. And so I did see a picture of him and Xander together that just went, all right, so that's sweet. So so. I mean, Red Sox Nation is sad. I don't know what, you know, the whole, the, I won't talk too much about the Red Sox because I know nobody wants to hear about it but me. But, you know, they do have a red uh, a shortstop. They do have um, Story. He might, you know, that's what he played before he went to the Red Sox. I don't know why everybody's freaking out about the Red Sox signing one of these stop, top shortstops when they actually have, have one. You know, they, yeah, yeah. That's, that would be fine. So I don't know. Maybe it would be lovely if they got Dansby Swanson. That would make me very, very happy. But this 11-year contract for a 30-year-old is just like the 11-year contract for a 29-year-old, pretty damn close, Trey Turner who signed with the Phillies for $300 million. Mm-hmm. So both these guys pushing 30. Like, you usually think of, like, you know, teams not wanting to go past 35. They're going to be 40. They're, these yep. are lifetime contracts. They are. So, the, so yeah, so Turner's going to be a Philly for life along with his big brother, Bryce Harper, mm-hmm. which, okay, so here's the other metropolitan area that's pissed. <laughs> a lot of um, Nationals Nation yeah. is ticked off because, you know, these guys that we trained, that yep. we brought up, that we worked with, and they became great while with the Nationals are now in other NL East teams like Ooh. Harper and now Turner, yeah. uh, you know, with the Phillies and, you know, uh, Scherzer with, you know, the Mets. And the, yeah. so, so there, we see these guys on a regular basis. And there was a really, really Oof. angry piece in the Washington Post called the Nats need to be a destination, not a way station for their own players. Wow. And there, there, there was a really ticked, you know, essay about why aren't we paying to keep these guys? Yeah. We help get them great. 
and then they go somewhere else and then play against us. I'm okay. There was like, you know, when Mm. when Turner went off to the Dodgers, Mm -hmm. it was sad because it was clear that the Nats were giving up, but it was the Dodgers and we're going to see them like once a year. Right. And okay, I get that. And it, it was it was heartbreaking for a lot of people, but it wasn't the same as, oh, now you're in our face. Right. All the time. Now you're in our face all the time. And you can't be mad at, to, at Trey for this. You can be mad at Trey Turner for many other things. Right. Welcome to it. <laughs> but not about this one because the Nats did not pony up. Yeah. Even the Dodgers didn't pony up. Right. Um, but, the, but the Phillies did. Well, the, the big question, and I guess we'll see how this plays out, is how bad are these deals? I mean, there's a the, the lot of criticism, like, what are they doing with all this money for so much time? This is really know. surprising, actually, because the past couple of years, you know, the free agent market was really suppressed. Right. And a lot of teams were afraid to give these long contracts to the old guys, to the guys that are 30 or pushing yep. 30. Yep. I mean, which used to be the norm. Like, you, you didn't get your good contract till you're mm-hmm. in your late 20s. And, of course, it went until your early 30s. Now, as you said, like, Trey Turner's going to be 40 uh, when this contract is over. Is he still going to be playing then? I don't know. Yeah. What, what's he going to be doing then? But this is unusual. It's like it's like we're, we've kind of gone back to the before times right. when this is when free this is when people made their money. They didn't make it early. They made it when they were too old to actually earn it. Well, and it's super interesting thinking about it that these are two shortstops, which is a very like athletic position. Mm-hmm. So how long can you keep that up? And Trey Turner's big strength is his speed. Yeah. So how long do you keep that up? Also, is he like, going is, is to be that speedy and have that that really right. sexy stand up slide that he does? Oh my god, he's so when good he's at that. when he's forty. <laughs> I love it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really cool that he does that, but yeah. he does that because he's 29 is he gonna be able to do that when he's 40 I don't know but but you know maybe it's worth it if he wants to be a Philly for life you know and hang out with his big brother that's okay it's just that yeah and and so yes so two entire metropolitan areas Mm -hmm. are are pissed about these the the first two um shortstops to fall in the in the long line of very splashy free agent shortstops yeah couple of their boyfriends on the move surprising no one except for John Heyman who said oh hey the Giants signed that was um, Aaron Judge last week which um, sent a lot of people off on into crazy town yeah um but he was wrong uh Aaron Judge <laughs> staying a Yankee which doesn't surprise anybody here at no crying in baseball I think we were all pretty sure about that uh nine years so he'll be 39 yeah when this is Man. over for 360 million dollars um yeah that seemed that seems about right Seems about right. That's a lot of money. The boyfriend move that made me very happy, and our intern sent me this one and said, Mom, it's for you, because it's Josh Aww. Bell, who I love deeply and kind of wish I had kept as a forever mm. boyfriend, but he's not He's not great. He's really yeah. good, but he's not. Yeah. He's a nice guy. But I but I, I, love him as a human. Yeah. Just went to the Guardians, which is my hometown team, for a two-year, $33 million contract. The annual average value of that contract, $16.5 million, is the second largest awarded by Cleveland. Wow. Um, after um, Edwin... Uh, and Carnassian, who had, I think, a $20 million average, annual average. Aww. So this is a pretty big deal for um, for him to go there for that amount of money. And now my Christmas list includes a Josh Bell um, Guardians That's jersey. nice. If only I had independently wealthy family and I could count on that. Yeah. Which makes me think Cleveland doesn't have a City Connect jersey yet. Maybe what I want to do is oh. collect City Connect jerseys for Josh Bell, because I already have one. That makes sense. So- <laughs> Although now you're behind on the Padres one. Maybe there's a discount. Maybe there's a discount. <laughs> That's it. Um, so the we told you last week that as part of the winter right. meetings, which just finished, um, the Rule 5 draft was going to happen. And I have just a fun fact for you. So 15 selections were made in the Major League Rule 5 draft, 67 in the Minor League Rule 5 draft. But of the 15 in the Major Leagues, 
13 of them were pitchers. Hmm. Doesn't that seem nutty to you? That does seem nutty. There was like a first baseman, I think, and an outfielder that were picked like in the top five. But everybody else out of all of those 15 were pitchers. I don't know how to analyze that. But I don't it's, know. It's, it is what it is. Hmm. So we're going to um, – and again, the guys that get drafted in the major league rule five draft have to be on the active roster mm-hmm. for the whole season or their old team gets a chance to re- yeah. require them. Um, so I will link to a piece that tells you who those 15 guys were, where they came from, and where they're going to so you can read up if you like. Very cool. And I have something that is, I think, in our in our notes about basically everybody who went with the rule five. And I, I went through the majors list, and I didn't recognize any names, mm-hmm. and so I just kind of kept scanning and in the minors was Jonathan Arauz who I've been following for a while because he used to be on the Red Sox he has great hair and plays in Panama and he is moving from the Bay Sox because we he he did a hot minute actually in the Orioles and then I guess got sent back back down so it was at the Bay Sox level but he's going to the Syracuse Mets so that's where our intern is hey how about that intern keep an eye on Jonathan Arauz for us please he's he's got great hair the other event that we told you about that was going to happen during the winter meetings was um, the first draft lottery for the 2023 draft. You're looking that, at me funny. That sounds festive. I'm excited. Doesn't play it sound the festive? They play the lottery. Yeah, this is the lottery that was determined in the, um, the, the new, this past year's collective bargaining agreement that was envisioned to make teams, like disincentivize teams from tanking. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you tank, you get the first draft pick, and... And the the players union said, we don't want teams to tank on purpose. What the hell? That's not good for anybody. So there's now a lottery in place for those teams that did not finish in the playoffs to determine the draft order. So they did, in fact, use one of those lottery ball hoppers. Like like like, like the, when you uh, watch Powerball, like when of. you watch Powerball, wow. Or if you play bingo at church, yes. so but those aren't those Not aren't as experience. like, but 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 the lottery ones have like the forced air, so they look really really busy and yeah. and much more official than the ones that you just kind of spin with the wheels. Yeah, not that I have any experience at all with <laughs> church bingo. Thank you, Holy Trinity, um, place of my youth. But anyway, so the 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 brand fun fact the brand of the lottery ball hopper that is that was used is the same one that the NBA and the NHL use so a little cross trading a little wow. lottery cross trading how about that who knew there was a market for this apparently with like professional sports now it doesn't say that there were other competing hoppers there may be only right. one brand that exists but the important takeaway is it's also used in those other leagues that's very important <laughs> so um the pirates and the nationals and the a's were the teams with the worst records and so under the old world order would have had the top draft picks because of this hopper and this lottery the pirates ended up with the first draft pick and the nationals for the second but the a's got bumped all the way down to sixth place oh i feel bad the a's didn't need like something else against them well i just want to share um this is where our our episode title came from (laughs) the a's general manager david frost's response to being sixth instead of first or second was well that was disappointing yeah yeah the other teams say the pirates and the nationals did not have that did not share that feeling (laughs) i can imagine they were okay they were okay imagine Hey, our boyfriends are back. Boyfriends back, and with I don't remember. The gonna rest. be trouble. Yeah, that's it. Hey now, hey now, our boyfriends back. So these are the guys that we just alluded to before, and and I don't think I said it clearly, but Trey Turner was a former boyfriend pick of mine, and Aaron Judge was a por- former boyfriend pick of yours, as was Josh Josh Bell. These are the guys that we pick in the off season, which is like now. 
we pick one guy per team and talk about them because they're cool. There's something beyond the field that we like about them. And then we hang on to them and we play fantasy baseball at the end of this. If you want to play fantasy baseball with us, send us a message. Find out at the end of the show. Patty's the commish and it's a big job, but it's a lot of fun. To um, be real specific, because we each of us picks one guy per mm-hmm. team, and the order we present these profiles to you is from the bottom of the standings all the way up to the top. So this is our first week, which means these were the last place teams in the American and the National Leagues. So here we are in the bottom of the barrel. We're going to be with the aforementioned Oakland A's. Maybe they'll get a stadium. I don't know. Oakland, I, I really enjoyed actually my time in Oakland last year. The company was lovely for sure. But also there was, you know, that dive bar feel. It's the best dive bar in baseball. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> so cool. But picking guys from the A's was kind of stressful because they do have a current catcher whose name I'm spacing that was just, he's going to be traded. I was so close to picking him. He's going to be traded. And I and you know that my... my um, technique which totally didn't work last year actually was to get extra catchers because it seems like I always run out of catchers something Mm. happens to catchers so I need three looking at them so I was trying to start early with a catcher so he was going to be traded that was a bummer the the A's did do a little bit of acquisition this past week at the winter meetings but both guys that they got which was I think Yandy Diaz right and Oh, Sean Murphy. That's the one yep. that I think he's he's gone. Yep. Um, Yandy Diaz and who else did they get? They got two of your former boyfriends. And I was like, well, that doesn't help us. Oh, Jace Peterson. Ah. Yeah. And I was like, well, we can't pick them. That makes uh, pickings even slimmer. So I figured I'd stick with the catcher situation and go for a guy who I did not have the time to, to Google how to pronounce his name. So we're just going to go with rhymes with chandeliers. And we're going to say Shay Lan- Langeliers. Langeliers? That, yeah, he's a catcher. He's 25 years old. And selling point, always look for like the hook. Why pick this guy besides the fact that there's nobody left on the, on the lineup for me to pick and I need a catcher. I appreciate that he admires his sister. On Twitter, most of his posts are about his sister, Alexa. And boy, that's a hard name to have these days. Mm-hmm. But she is one of the, was one of the top 50 softball prospects out of high school. She had killer stats when she was in high school. Every year was five. One year was just under 500. Every other year was 500 and up for her average. She plays shortstop for the D1 Ragin' Cajuns, which is one of the best names, really. The University of Louisiana at Lafayette is a current sophomore. So, you know, we like to get, you know, people adjacent to the boyfriend. So a a girlfriend, sister, whatever. I'm appreciative of his admiration for his sister, Alexa, who's obviously an amazing athlete. Shay himself did very well when he was in high school, sort of outstanding and really known for his canon of the arm. He uh, was involved in a winner-take-all title game for the whole district in wherever area of Texas he was. Uh, that well, I don't know where Keller is. But in that game, he caught eight innings until they got the lead, and then he pitched the ninth huh. with that killer arm. So he's known for the arm, plus overall athleticism and speed, which I think is a, is a thing with young catchers. I think that's hard to keep up when you're a catcher. He played at Baylor University for three years, and then he was, he was picked ninth overall by Atlanta. Thank you. In the 2019 draft. Mm-hmm. And very notably, he had fractured his hamate <gasps> bone a few months before, and we know... 
about the handmaid. Patty has taught me about the handmaid. What is the ham? It's it seems like whenever anyone has handmaid surgery, they come back as a superhero as far as hitting is concerned. Yeah, like it flips some switch and they become an amazing hitter. Did and it work? So I, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm hoping. It seems like it might have. What was was noted about him is that he bounced back fast. Mm. That he started playing. Not he didn't miss a full season. He started playing like weeks, if not like maybe over a month later after handmaid surgery, which is a little crazy. He, um, as a minor leaguer, you know, th- th- and this is the thing about both guys I'm going to be talking about today. If you're drafted in 2019, after 19 comes 20, and 20 is just a giant hole for minor leaguers. So that's oh, a sure big, was. right? So that's a big jump from dealing from 2019 to 2021. So specifically, there was absolutely no season for the minor yeah. leaguers in, yeah. in, in 2020. None. Oh, here comes. So small interruption. Here and we well, actually, sorry, tech support. We need glasses because you know now we we have glass. Okay, so just just came down and we're not done with our first beers. Maybe I should have called for a koozie as well. We have Hops the Cat India Pale Ale, and it says Unleashed, Unstoppable, Unfiltered, and a ha- a cat with hops shooting out of his eyes, like laser, like laser hops. Yeah, like laser hops. We have laser hops happening. Laser hops. Okay. Oh, that's that's sweet. So let's see. I think I wrote wrong notes here. Um, in, awesome. In, yeah. <laughs> he was. I, yeah. Thank this. You. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're the that. best. All right. Get, getting back to the whole 1920, 21. In 2021, he was the MVP of the Futures game. Ah. I'm going to stick with it. My notes said something different, but that's the only year that makes that makes sense. Um, he got MVP because he hit a home run and threw out a runner who was trying to steal second base. In March 2022, he was traded to the A's organization in that big-ass deal that sent your former boyfriend, Matt Olson, over to Atlanta and brought your other former boyfriend, Christian Pache, and two other guys, and Shay, all over to Oakland. So, 22 was his first year in Oakland. He didn't get brought up until August. Um, and he was brought up when the A's released my former boyfriend, Stephen Piscotti. So I, you know, boy, one out, one in, makes sense. Um, and he had a he had a strong start in August and then sort of petered out a little bit in September. But I think the A's, uh, you know, just feeling and vibe by September was not too great. So I am hopeful that he's going to turn things around next year and that he will be a very strong arm and a fast athlete. And um, yeah, go A's, even though you didn't get that number one or number two draft. Or, or three or, or four <laughs> oh, or or five. Yeah. Hey, so I apparently have a theme for the two guys that I picked for hmm. boyfriends. They're both 30-year-old, primarily first baseman, uh-huh. but also play some outfield. And both of them came up replacing former boyfriends of mine. Interesting. So they, yeah, like I just did. I did, that was just that guy. Yeah, yeah. So um, so Potty Mouth said, hey, you need to pick this Seth yeah. Brown guy because he sounds like somebody you should pick. And as usual, Potty Mouth was 100% right. I am a good matchmaker. You are a good matchmaker. <laughs> All right, so Seth Brown, um, 30, as we have we have already mentioned. He's um, an Oregon kid. He is one of seven kids, and he's got a oh, real wow. service-oriented family. Um, yeah. Both his mom and a brother are hospice nurses, which is um, a profession that's near and dear to my heart personally. And he's got a sister that's a cardiac center nurse. That's all. So just, yeah, a lot. so you'll see later that that kind of like service and giving back thing stuck with him 
as well. He um, Seth was drafted in 2015 by the A's. Um, he always, you know, we've talked before about how minor leaguers don't get paid squat. Mm-hmm. And so everybody has to work absolutely in the offseason, um, sometimes <laughs> currently during the season. So two of his minor league offseasons were spent doing things. Like he worked for the Idaho Parks and Rec Department, the state parks and rec, <laughs> mowing grass and cleaning restrooms. So like, you know, oh, wow. minor league player in the summer months and cleaning you know, restrooms and mowing the lawn. And so he and his wife, who he met at Lewis Clark State College, um, you know, where, where he went. Okay, so he, he finished college, which is oh, wow. kind of unusual yeah. because it's hard to do. Usually you get you're drafted yep. in your junior year. Often people don't go back. So he finished college. He's got a degree in criminal justice. And his wife, who we met at school, wow. um, she played basketball for Lewis Clark and is now a teacher and a high school basketball coach. They apparently sat down and said, okay, things are going fine right now, but what if they don't? We need a better backup plan in case. And so that's like when he finished his degree and he started working at Idaho Fish and Wildlife which was a much more career-like job. And he said at one point he sort of pictured his after-baseball life as him, like, you know, on the rivers doing his fish and wildlife thing. And then in the evenings going to his wife's high school basketball games that she was coaching. That is so cute. Which seems pretty cool. That's adorable. Um, As it turned out, Stephen Piscotti, who you just mentioned, Mm. went on the 10-day IL in August of 2019, which resulted in a call-up for Seth Brown. So... All call-ups, ah. almost all call-ups that happen during the season are because someone else yeah. had a problem. They went on the IL, something happened to them, or they're in a slump or whatever. So it's somebody else's misfortune, which gives you your break if you don't start on the you wow. know opening day. That, that always happens. In this yeah. case, it was Stephen Biscotti. So started them. And then in 2022, his season was like half and half. Like the first half of the season was terrible. He was below the Mendoza line, which we've said before is that the, the, your batting average is less than 200. It's under 200, um, like through May. And then in July, he was on paternity leave. Their son, Cannon, who I think oh, they're assuming wow. the kid's going to have an arm. Yeah, I don't know. That's awesome. Was born. And there's just like the handmaid gives you like this batting uh-huh. superpower. Being a new father has, you know, in baseball, they say you now have dad power. Yeah. And your first couple of games. Well, certainly his first game back, he had a two home run night. Wow. His first game back from maternity leave. And uh, he was interviewed about, like, you know, obviously you have more important things going on, but do you ever stop thinking about baseball? He's Uh like, well, you know, baseball is, you know, like the center, you know, other after family yeah. it's the center of our universe so he actually said so i was taking some dry hacks basically like fake swings mm-hmm. basically in the delivery room before things got busy with the baby <laughs> <laughs> he may have said gotten serious with the baby but in any case I, I was amused by that so whatever he did there apparently turned things around because his first 12 games back actually after the all-star break he was hitting 400 wow from from below 200 to 400. And my favorite thing about his 2022 career, or his, his numbers are in September, when the A's played the Mets, he homeward in back-to-back games, first one against DeGrom, second game against Scherzer. Holy shit. So, you know, he's, his, that wow. dad power is, is sticking with him. He also, this, this past season, he had career highs in home runs with 25, career highs in runs batted in with 73. But here's a fun little giving back thing that I really appreciated about him was like, during yeah. the pandemic, right? He said, 
people are stressed. Yeah. People are stuck in their houses. People need an outlet. What can I do? And so what he did was say, hey, DM me if you want me to Skype you, if you want to talk about baseball or something. That's, it's so cool. So, so he cool. said, like, anybody who needs a distraction. And it turns out Which that, is everybody. Which is everybody. <laughs> but it turns out a lot of these Skype calls were with kids who were ball players Aww. who were trying to figure out how do I how do, what do I do when we're not playing how do I get how do I stay in condition mm-hmm. what kind of things do I do and like it was the exact same thing that he was going through as a professional player and he remembers I guess like he, when he was a kid he met Joe Torre at a, at, a, at a Dodgers game and shook his hand and he remembered the importance of that one-on-one time yeah. with a professional player and so he kind of wanted to give that back so he talked to these kids and said well this is what I'm doing I'm the same, same as you. That's so cool. I don't have a season right now yeah. either. So here's how I'm doing conditioning. And so a lot of the parents were really happy because the parents were saying things like, you should be doing push-ups. You should be in the backyard <laughs> playing catch. And the kids weren't doing it. But when Seth, when Seth told them to do that, they did it. So they were in cahoots. But he said, wow. um, anytime I can bring a little joy to their day and take people's minds off what's going on, it's just cool to do. Wow. So that's that's like the extra bonus points for um, – for, for my guy, for my guy, Seth Brown, my new ace boyfriend. Thanks for the matchmaking, Potty Mouth. Woohoo. All right. I'm, I'm excited. I, it, this makes me excited to, like, watch all teams. And your job right now while I talk is to – oh, you're you're completing your job. I was going to say to finish that beer so we can open this this cat beer. Hops the cat. Hops Here the comes cat. Hops the cat. Oh, Hops the cat. So pale ale. So we're talking about our very own hometown – team that we see the very most Washington Nationals first which just feels weird because they won the World Series in 2019 like that wasn't that long ago it wasn't that long ago but then they sold most of the team they need a new owner really isn't that still happening they are still happening all right that is still happening and our GoFundMe (laughs) is or or, no no Patreon Patreon if you want to join with us and buy the Nationals I don't no, we have, we, no, no, we're just, we're just, we need the money so we can go see um, World Baseball yeah. Classic games. All right. More on that later then. Uh, so I'm picking Paul Christopher Abrams Jr., otherwise known as C.J. Abrams. He's known as C.J. because Such a good pick. his dad is, is clearly Paul Christopher Abrams, Abrams Sr., but everybody calls him Chris. And so he's Chris Jr., so it got shortened to CJ. And so Why did they even put the Paul there if they're not going to use it? I that seems just, like, know. excessive. Yeah, they, he says that it never happens, and it definitely, like, makes him turn his head, like, who are you talking about when it gets called out? He's a shortstop. He's a young shortstop at 22 years old. And a fun guy, and I first, you know, had my antenna out when our friends from Friars, Friars on the Farm calmed me down when I was freaking out about the Bell Soto trade yeah. because that just seemed like losing those two was hard, super hard. And they said, don't worry, you are getting so much in return. And really, the Nats got a lot in return, and I just hope they don't fucking blow it. But C.J. Abrams... I mean, if they can keep him around, it's a good thing. He has been playing ball his entire life. And his dad is the sweetest dude. So his bat got in his hand at 18 months old, which is one of those big foam bats. But from the get-go, it was playing baseball with the teeny little kid. And then dad said, I knew that something was special about him. When we were on the playground and the kid took off and sort of said, like, come get me, and, and he couldn't like he couldn't catch his two-year-old he outran him 
on the playground. At age four, he was playing Little League with six-year-olds, and most of them were hitting off the tee, whereas he was hitting from a toss. So then his dad totally Damn. leaned into it and got creative. Like, his, I want to hang out with his dad and have a beer for sure. He played, he made all sorts of contraptions to get the kid training. And I think just to sort of make it fun, like playing with bean bags inside, foam balls. He did say, oh, the stuffed socks, like whatever that they could come up with. Um, he did say that he broke everything in the house and that there is still stuff in the house that is glued together. <laughs> the dad, though, like even though it was all these funky contraptions, it was based on him studying books on hitting and muscle memory. And so how to instill muscle memory in this kid from a very young age. And he got super creative. He used a Nerf gun and had him hit like rapid fire balls off of a Nerf, Nerf gun. Wow. He made um, basically what looked like uh, nunchucks from PVC pipe and used those as sort of swingy bats. That's probably how half the shit got broken in the house. <laughs> but the cool thing, and I, lo- I just love this dad. I want to have a, have a beer with him for sure because CJ says during a game – I didn't know dad was there. So what he wasn't that guy on the sidelines like yelling at his kid, overcoaching what to do. He sat back and he enjoyed. So he oh, helped him with the fantastic. training. And then during the game, that was his situation. So the dad had played in high school as a shortstop, but he got the yips. He couldn't throw over to first, which is a problem as a yeah. shortstop. He did get go to college on a basketball scholarship, so there's serious like athleticism in the Are family. Are you something in basketball? I can't. I don't. Maybe they might be. I don't know. They might be like you, you can't pass or something. That would be rough. It would be rough. That would, that would be super rough yeah. for basketball. So CJ excelled. He was on Team USA for the under 18 team in 2018. That's not that long ago. Oh my God. He went to Panama for the Pan American Championships with um, your former boyfriend, center fielder Bob. Be Witt. Hey, we have not gotten new Royals boyfriends oh, wait. yet. That's next Actually, week. Actually, I, I fucked that up. Bobby Witt. So he played center field because your former boyfriend, Bobby Witt, was at shortstop. That was the okay. end of that sentence. And, and again, right. I want to say that Bobby Witt is not a former boyfriend mm-hmm. until next week when mm-hmm. I pick a new Royals boyfriend. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's a yeah. good one to hang on to. This beer, Don't. this, I just had this a sip is of the yummy. cat beer. Yeah. This Hops is... the cat with like the laser hops coming out of yeah. its eyes is really pretty tasty. Which what is, is the I, I, I can't read it. Full the... tilt. Full Tilt Brewery. Oh, Full Tilt is a brewery name. Yeah. Full Tilt Brewery in Baltimore. So next O's game you go to, check out Full Tilt Brewery. We highly recommend it. Okay, so getting older, he had committed to going to Alabama. He had a 3.13 GPA in high school. So not slacking on the academics while he was excelling at sports, but he got drafted six overall to the Padres in 2019 at age 18. His first professional game in the Arizona Rookie League, he went four for four, Ah! including a home run and three singles. And that first game was the start of a 20-game hitting streak. So his first professional experience, he goes four to four, and then he has a 20-game hitting streak. This is crazy. He slashed 393, 436, 647 in 34 games with the Arizona Rookie League, 165 plate appearances. Made MVP, clearly, that year of 2019. And then, again, 2020. But because CJ has his dad, he spent more time with his family and more time training with his dad. Made it to double A in 21 
unfortunately fractured his left tibia, but still, within the 42 games that he had in 21, he was slashing 296 average, 363, 420. And then he debuted for the Padres on April 6, 2022. Two hours before, and we all remember that, or at least oh, right here at Crying, No Crying Baseball, we remember this moment so well. It was right before the fucking trade deadline. Yeah. Like two hours yep. before the trade deadline that they got this trade done when Josh Bell and, and, and Juan Soto went across the country and the Nationals got C.J. Abrams, which, who at that point was uh, San Diego's number one prospect, Pitcher Mackenzie Gore, outfielder Robert Hassel III, outfielder James Wood, who was their number three prospect at the time, pitcher Jarlin Susana, and Luke Voigt, who is, he was never too happy about the whole situation, and he's opted to leave at this point. But that's a lot. That's a lot. So in, in 22, he played here in D.C. for 44 games, had a 258 average, 603 OPS, Highlight, though, was in the end of September as things were winding down and things were, you know, as, as glo- gloomy here as they were in Oakland at that time of year. He had a walk-off single against Atlanta, the former champions, which was, you know, it's his home team. It's when, where he's from. And interesting, so the Nats are leaning into him for this year. The Nats have announced all their uh, prize stuff and their bobblehead nights. And there are only three people bobbleheads that are listed. Josiah Gray, who Mr. Pottymouth was very smart and got his City Connect shirt. Kbert Ruiz, the catcher. And C.J. Abrams. Along with those three, you can get the racing presidents. They're coming in sets of two. And Screech, the uh, bird. Is he an eagle? He's an eagle. He's okay. the mascot. Yeah. Yep. yep. So those are the bobblehead op- um, options. C.J.'s fast. He was clocked at going home to first base in under four seconds, and his arm and his throw speed are comparable to Tatis Jr. And he's a good guy. So even though he's super young, and this is like my concern with picking two young guys today is not talking about that, like that doing good stuff that we love to talk about. He has a bunch of volunteer experience under his belt that I think he's going to continue. He volunteered with the Muscular Dystrophy Association, cure childhood cancer, and as a youth baseball camp counselor. So I am excited to see C.J. Abrams. I did see a a video interview with him, and for like a young dude, he is very poised and and enthusiastic, like positive attitude. I'm hoping he can be, you know, a a young leader, really. I did see him play a few times, and um, he's he's all right. I'm looking forward to seeing him again. And I wanted to, like, follow up on your point about the volunteer, the the very specific volunteer activities, because a lot of times the rookies, the young guys, in the first couple years – they haven't like settled into themselves or mm-hmm. where they're playing yet. And so they don't, so they may do things with the team's philanthropic arm, right. but they don't necessarily have their own things that they're committed to yet. So this is actually pretty cool yeah. that at that young age, he's got his very specific things that he's already doing. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to credit his parents. I think that's, that's good family stuff. So um, Joey Manessis is 30 and um, that's notable because he was a rookie at 30, wow. which was a, Big yeah. freaking deal. It was a big freaking deal. I want to note that C.J. Abrams and Joey Manessis were, were two of the guys. We started this last year when, was it just last year, when 
trades happened and all these new guys showed up that we'd never yeah. heard of before. Yay, we would go to guy. yeah, we would go to games <laughs> and we'd yeah, say, "Yay, new guy!" Both yeah. of these guys that we're picking for this year were in that "Yay, new guy" category and immediately won us over to now yeah we know their names yeah they made a place for themselves they didn't stay hey yay new guy for very long so um you're gonna help me with pronunciation joey Minetis is from culiacan Mex- sure. mexico we're gonna go with that that sounds good um he played 11 seasons wow. in the minors he was with atlanta wow. he was with philadelphia he was with boston he spent he did one season in japan um he had a year suspension in the middle there um for he tested positive for um stanozol stanozolol i'm gonna go with that (laughs) um which is a a banned substance as and the the answer we're used to seeing Mm -hmm. from the from young guys who in the minors who have these banned substances they say you know, i was getting vitamin injections from my doctor right. in mexico i didn't know what was in it so anyway so when that happened he had a year suspension so we played in mexico so we didn't take the time off but he played for like this hometown team in in one of the, the leagues in mexico but anyway so he was called up this season on the trade deadline day of yeah. august 2nd to replace josh bell oh at first base right so as as we mentioned when I talked about uh, my A's boyfriend, you know, when you're in the minors, you don't get paid real money. So he came up as a 30-year-old. He didn't have a collection of his own wooden bats. Oh, wow. Because they're expensive. What he did have was a bag of bats that he begged and borrowed from other wow. players. So for the first nine games, he played with bats that he either borrowed from or were given to him by other players. So he homered in his debut, swinging a bat from Johan Camargo. That's not bad. That's a former boyfriend of mine. And, uh, you know, I didn't see him on the list, and I thought for sure he was, because the other guys for sure are former boyfriends. Um, So he also had bats that he used in those first nine days from um, Miguel Andujar, who's one of mine. Um, Cesar Hernandez, one of yours. Uh, Ronald Guzman, one of yours. Wow. And also... Gerardo Parra, who is our, our baby shark friend. Where did he collect these The Nationals. From? So he just like, you know, they're through, not Nats. Through the minor leagues. Uh, well, Cesar Hernandez and Gerardo Parra sure were. Right, not these um, mine. But the other Camargo. ones he, he ran into, like, as part of his, you know, deep and wide minor league career. <laughs> but he what yeah, he said was, makes sense. my bag is full of other guys' names. Wow. He's got his own bats now. <laughs> I saw him play at least once. And I, th- I actually talked about it on the show because I witnessed him hitting an inside-the-park home run versus the Marlins, which led the Nats to a come-from-behind win, which was so exciting and so fun, and it made Nats Park my happy place again after mm-hmm. having a terrible time at Nats Park yeah. and thinking, I don't like it here anymore. Right. And I really loved it there that day that I got to watch Joey hit his inside-the-park so home cool. run. He also hit four doubles in one game so there actually was a point where if the Nats were in trouble they would refer to it as the get it to Joey time (laughs) because he hit for average he hit for power wow so he would put the ball in play and give them a chance to win at one point um fan graphs um wins above replacement had him as twice as valuable as Juan Soto because remember Soto slumped after the trade after the trade and and 30 year old rookie right Mm -hmm. Joey Joey um, Manessas was was electric that's awesome. Was electric. He hit a three-run walk-off home run versus the A's on September 1st. And the, if that wasn't notable enough for wow. that game, 
you probably saw this on social media. He threw, at that same game, he, well, he was playing outfield. He threw a ball into the stands, aiming for a girl who was there with her, oh, with her that was 10U team, right? Or 10, yes. or 10U. Um, oh my God. That was the and worst. And do you remember that? So that adult man, big shot guy, reaches in front of her and grabs the ball and walks away. And so he's like the most hated man on Twitter for, oh, for a while. But Joey um, autographed a ball for her and sent her a note that said, you know, I'm sorry this happened to you. I wanted to make sure you had an autographed ball. I really hope we see you in another game soon and signed it your friend Joey. Aww. So he gets extra That's credit points for That's that. That's the best. So his um, 35 hit total is, for, is the most by any Nationals rookie in their first 25 games. And my former boyfriend, Anthony Rendon, previously had the record at, at, um, at 32 hits in 2013. Wow. So that record stood for a very long time. He finished his rookie season with a 324 average and a 930 OPS. Holy shit, so, 930. Yeah, so um, he's listed as a first baseman, but he played a lot of outfield, so I don't know where he's going to land. So I may have just picked two first basemen. I may have just picked two outfielders. I'm not sure, <laughs> but I did, in fact, pick two 30-year-olds because of free agent signings can happen at 30. Boyfriend picks can happen mm-hmm. at 30. Next Damn week, yeah. next week, um, we have boyfriends from Kansas City and Pittsburgh. Stay and, tuned. Right. And our suggestions uh, are open. Like, like if you have suggestions, please contact me because I have no knowledge right I now. I want to call that us. Yeah. Please contact, contact us, us. Although, although right. it will all be filtered through Potty Mouth. He will get first dibs on Absolutely. whoever you suggest. Kansas City and Pittsburgh. Hair is, is appropriate also. Like, good hair is definitely a qualification. Yeah. So very quick. Ooh, our time is tight. I'm going to do a quick international rundown. The World Baseball Classic that we're all looking forward to. Kyle Schwaber. I get to say it is gonna be on Team USA. Team USA is looking mighty intimidating. So much fun! It's gonna be so much fun. And Seiya Suzuki has claimed for Japan, so he's gonna be out there with Otani. It's this is it's exciting. I can't wait to see it. Um, Last week. I quickly mentioned, thanks to our intern, thank you very much, Junior Potty Mouth, the uh, Justine Siegel hanging out in Mexico, and it's it's actually a whole program called Mujeres en el Diamante, which is Women on the Diamond. It's the fifth annual. I managed to report on this last year for the fourth annual, and I did the second. Somehow I missed the third. So if you go into our back episode, That would have been 2020 where everything was weird. Oh! Everything is forgiven in 2020. That's, there we go. All right. Thanks. Thanks. I'm, I'm, I'm cleared on that. Yeah. So just this is Justine Siegel doing all the wonderful things that she does, both nationally and internationally. And she is guest coaching. So this is just amazing. So we talked last week about how she was with the Naranjeros de Hermosillo, which is the, the team that I have picked for the, the Mexican League. And this is the, their winter league. So it's the Pacific League. But she's also guest coaching with the algodoneros, I said that right, algodonero. So algodon is cotton. So algodonero is a cotton picker. Oh, Lord. They, yeah, algodon, except for I'm having a really hard time after this beer saying algodoneros. De Guasave, which is such a cool name. So that's the, that's the town. So she has been with them before. Um, but this is the first year that she's with the Charros de Jalisco, much easier for coaching. So three teams, and in every site, she's doing clinics for girls, which is amazing. And in one of the sites, there was a post, and shit, I hope I put it in our notes, or I hope I, I, I made a clip of the, the 
what do you call it, the link, um, there was uh, two little girls with with disabilities, a girl in a wheelchair and, an, and another little girl with, with physical challenges who were included, and it was billed as an accessible clinic oh, love for it. girls, love which is it. so cool. Another wonderful just little touch that she has is she's wearing number 42 as she's coaching in Mexico. Beautiful. Um, and so cheers, cheers to Justine Siegel and all the wonderful things she does for girls and women in baseball, both here and internationally. Wow. Um, no Crying in Baseball wants to extend a heartfelt congratulations to TJ House, who just announced his engagement to a longtime boyfriend, Ryan Neitzel. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. TJ played for Cleveland and Toronto um, between 2014 and 2017. And Basically, his engagement announcement was his public coming out. Um, he's the third former MLB player to come out. This is after Glenn Burke and Billy Bean, which means it's been 23 years That's since crazy. a former player has come out. And um, some of his social media posts were from eight years ago with Ryan, which means they were absolutely involved while he was playing and how hard must that have been but um, part of his mm-hmm. social media post said the following shame has kept me quiet all these years but love has finally set me free yeah. so cheers and congratulations to tj house yeah i have to say go to that instagram post where he talks about love and just all that he's been through it's beautiful it's beautiful yeah cheers to him cheers to him we're gonna assign you a little bit of homework um mm. friend of the show meredith will smartest person we know um just released a new uh, new study on baseballs and remember, she's the one who said, hey, they, they used two different balls this season. They had a dead ball. They had a live ball. This was different about them. It's unfair that these were used in different games. Um, this particular report is very troubling. They have what yep. they call the Goldilocks ball, which um, apparently <laughs> has been fashioned for maximum fly, which has caused our intern to say MVP my ass about Aaron Judge. So we're going to link to that article. We want yeah. you to read it and we're going to talk about it next week and hopefully get Meredith on the show as soon as we can. Right. So we, we had her on before. So definitely go back into our past episodes to get the, the background information. But this is crazy shit. And you know, I bet Rob Manford has her picture on a bullseye somewhere or something. Yeah, yeah. If you read the report, you'll see that um, Major League players were forbidden to basically hand her any baseballs. So um, crazy nutty. Um, read the story. We'll talk about it more later. Um, gosh, we're hitting the holidays. We are. Oh, my God. Um, we're, we're winding things up before the holiday season. Um, you know, there might be some winter ball to watch. Definitely, we're going to be working on our boyfriends for Kansas City and Pittsburgh. So please help us out with that if you've got it. Yeah. And next week, we're going to be recording on the first night of Hanukkah. Wow. Are we allowed? <laughs> I think we can. We're going to do that and we'll possibly... Do it by can- we'll do it by candlelight. <laughs> and possibly also Christmas Day. So we will <laughs> be right. universally either offensive or inclusive. Right. I don't know which way to go with that. I think that's wonderful. Um, if, if you have opinions about that or if you have boyfriends to recommend, please find us on social media. Potty Mouth, where can they do that? Please contact us on... Twitter still exists, so I will check NCIB Podcast, but make it not dubious because I've had a lot of DMs on Twitter that are not really things that I want to look at and so they've been flagged and I've been just deleting them so try to make your DM something that's not flaggable or you could just find us on Instagram and Facebook at no crying and b-ball or you can just email us at ncibpodcast at gmail.com or you can throw us money on Patreon which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash no crying in b-ball 
Most excellent. Hey, you might be traveling for the holidays, so it's in your best interest to get your booster shot if you haven't gotten it yet so you can get over any side effects. Before you travel, fight the man. It's the right thing to do. Um, if you don't have any game balls to send to Meredith, at least read her new study. Yes. Again, it's your homework. We're talking about it next week. And until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. I gotta move this shit around. Um, move your shit. We gotta put on a show. That's right.